1: Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the lead editor, and this is a real website, for allmysportsteamsuck.com. His name is Jerem Jordan.
2: Yeah, we're trying to grow No, I'm not with that. Um, The website has a ranking of all college football teams in the country. Uh, They hit BYU at number two. They've got it right. What? They actually had BYU at number one last week. Are you serious? Clemson's number one. Marshall's fourth. Cincy's fifth. So this is completely... Incredible. Based on how in many the,
1: games you've played and won, probably?
2: Yeah, based on bad criteria.
1: Opponent yeah. doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. What? Wait, what? Um, yeah. Thanks, coach. Uh, yeah, so that website isn't the best.
1: Hey, I can't <laughs> wait for the next article, man. Keep me updated.
2: Yeah, I'm quitting. I'm <laughs> formally tendering my resignation uh, today, currently on the show.
1: Breaking news from Jerem Jordan in Studio yes. B. Branding. Here's your Tuesday show lineup. What's the biggest blue-goggled preseason projection that has become a reality at the halfway point of the college football season? There are a lot of those. Yeah, there are a ton. Senior rider at The Athletic, Nicole Auerbach, goes one-on-one with Jerem Jordan to discuss BYU's New Year's Six bowl game aspirations. And if an undefeated record, including beating a currently-ranked Boise State team, would secure BYU's big money bowl status. Plus, the race for best receiver in college football getting a little crowded thanks to a few BYU receivers. I go one on one with. One of those guys, Neil
2: Pau. Win our matchups. Let's go. We have two one-on-ones. Let's win these matchups.
1: You got it. Bring on today's BYU Sports Station headlines.
2: After a pick six against Texas State, senior linebacker Isaac fusey is the independent defensive player of the week. fusey had five tackles and, of course, the 32-yard interception return for a touchdown in the win. BYU
1: junior wide receiver Dax Milne, one of five players added to the 2020 Boletnikov Award watch list. An honor given to the best college football receiver in all the land. Milne joins teammate Gunnar Romney on the watch list, who was officially added back on October 14th.
2: Men's basketball coach Mark Pope is one of 12 up-and-coming college basketball coaches this week on collegehoopstoday.com. Also on the list, civics Damon Stoudemire and San Francisco's wonder boy Todd Golden.
1: Jimmer Fredette and the Shanghai Sharks pick up win number three of the new CBA season against the Fujian Sturgeons.
2: Look out for them.
1: Fredette scored 12 of the Sharks' 116 points. Wait,
2: what? 12?
1: Only 12?
2: Did he play left-handed only? What's Like the Larry deal? Bird that one
1: game? Is Jimmer not the usual Jimmer? We'll discuss. But first, all rise and shout. It's time for what's trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's
1: What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What if I told you in early August when BYU had exactly two games on their schedule, two of the original 12, that one, BYU football would not just play football amidst coronavirus, but two, be undefeated at the halfway point, and 6-0, be ranked number 11 in the AP poll and number 10 in the coaches' poll four. Zach Wilson would be a Heisman Trophy candidate. And five, BYU would be pacing for a New Year's Six bowl game. And no joke, in some circles, be in a college football playoff conversation. <laughs> blue-goggled madness, right? Yet, here we are. Jerem, what is the biggest reality about BYU football right now that in the summer was purely a blue-goggled projection?
2: First off, two of 12. That's how the ancient apostles felt when things got weird. I think that it's BYU's play, that they're playing at all is the first one. There was a time where we didn't think uh, football season might happen. And here we are. Not only is it happening, but BYU's thriving. So, yeah, uh, then BYU being 6th and own ranked 11th is just beyond our wildest dreams, right? We, we didn't see this coming. This has been amazing. This has been awesome. Um, and then, of course, Zach Wilson as a uh, Heisman candidate is, is seriously really fun. All of these, just playing and then thriving in, in that schedule. You know how I feel about the schedule. I don't want it this easy, but something more towards this. Uh, and then Zach Wilson, the way he's played and, and made a splash and the improvement. We, we said there was a point during the summer where I, I remember saying, wait, why wouldn't BYU win nine games this year? Given all the people who have played already significant time. Most teams play juniors and seniors. That's not like a big deal. It's have they been playing as freshmen and sophomores already? And the answer was yes for BYU. has waited for this moment for two years essentially. What, what was the cost? Maybe four and nine, seven and six, seven and six. Young team building, building. Um, in a pandemic, BYU has found a way to make it work. So all those things. I mean, blue. If yeah, like you said, if if we had discussed these things during the summer, I would have been like, dude, six. Stop and 0, it, ranked stop the 11th. It. settle yeah, down. Yeah, right. Uh, we didn't know the schedule would get blown up like this, but uh, Tom Homo has made it happen. He's made it happen. Man. Good and grief. ESPN helped, too.
1: Rewind to early September after BYU beats Navy. We had the conversation with ESPN's Trevor Maddich of, okay, BYU beat up on Navy. That was awesome. Now they're ranked. What's the ceiling for BYU in the rankings? Trevor said, oh, probably like 17 or 18 because of all the conferences that are coming back. And we thought, yeah, man, that's probably fair. I thought, oh, they can move a little bit higher than that. BYU is up to number 11 in the AP poll, and we're all scoreboard watching thinking, hmm, can BYU legitimately finish the season in the top 10? They're just outside. And based on the way the schedule shake out for the teams that are ranked higher than BYU, there's a good shot. If they beat Boise State, that BYU will finish the season in the top 10. This is bonkers. That's number one for me that BYU has an opportunity to finish the season ranked number 10 and playing in a New Year's 6
2: bowl game. at least 10, if not higher. Yes, I I
1: think that they might be as high as
2: number 5. I think it's weird if you think otherwise um, because BYU is 11 right now. So we don't think in the next two months that BYU can move up one spot. Exactly,
1: and people say, well, things got to fall the right way. Basically, everything has fallen the right way for BYU to this point.
2: Yes, what hasn't fallen the right way?
1: They I mean, have risen in the rankings every week yeah. since they've been ranked.
2: And that will, that will stop, right? Um, that will s- or at least slow down in the next couple weeks. But yeah, t- no, totally. This is incredible. And it has everything to do with BYU being a better team. That's first and foremost. Absolutely. And then second is against that schedule.
1: Amen and amen. Yeah,
2: and I'm I'm not one to say, well, this is the same team as last year against an easier schedule. No, it's the combination. It, like when people are like, is it some of this or some of that? Well, it's a little of both. You know yes. what? It's a lot of both. It's a lot of both. It's a lot I don't, of. I don't know what mixture it is. If Yogi Berra was here, he'd say it's eighty percent BYU and it's sixty-eight uh, percent the schedule. It wouldn't add up to hundred. L-
1: Listen to Jerem Jordan. He's the one that's leading the flag. He's the flag bearer on the charge of the schedule. Needs to be more balanced.
2: You know what? Okay? I, you know what I want Saturday night against Western Kentucky. I want to run out a flag with the team. And it says. The schedule is just right. The schedule is too easy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. More, more power fives. It says more, and it's M-O-A-R. More power fives.
1: Well documented. You want three to four power fives yeah. and spread I'm, I'm out. I'm
2: down to three now.
1: Three to four solid quality, group of five teams. Of and five. then three or four games four, that you know. No, four you, to
2: six you, winnable games.
1: You look at and you say, hey, BYU is going to win that game.
2: Yeah. They're, so you assure oh, a bowl kay. game minimum.
1: Yeah. Even you recognize Yay, the, barely. the number one factor in all of this is straight up that BYU is just a really They're good better. and better football team.
2: Yes, you have junior Zach Wilson, junior uh, Brady Christensen. James Empey has been hurt. Uh,
1: Jerem, they have proved that they legitimately have
2: The depth. linebackers, Kairos Tonga, the back end was healthy. Remember, Zane Anderson, Troy Warner, and Chris Wilcox didn't play a ton last year. Basically in an attempt to prepare for this year.
1: Matt Bushman is not playing.
2: Matt Bushman's not playing in BYU's eleven. Depth. More on th- that, this more is on that depth. coming up.
1: This is depth by the definition. Like the BYU coach yes. says, yeah, yeah, we feel like BYU, we have the depth.
2: BYU had been wakeboarding, but now they're scuba diving, mm-hmm. right? And it's been awesome. It's been great. So, th- yeah, th- do you have any m- more blue goggles? Now reality tape. I mean,
1: Zach Wilson as a Heisman hopeful at the midway point is crazy, but it's <laughs> yes. it's still... Below the list because I, we've always believed in Zach Wilson. I didn't and
2: believe in him to this degree this soon.
1: I thought once he gets healthy, once he's healthy, we're going to see him take the step that right. John Beck he didn't did.
2: he and didn't take a step, dude. He he, he leaped. Yes, he like Mexico City 68 Olympics. He's world no record. gravity
1: jumping on the moon.
2: Yeah, like he's Sandra Bullock in Gravity. It uh, is wild. He, he nails the landing.
1: So yeah, blue goggled madness, right? But it still falls behind BYU. Is number 10 in the coaches poll in position for a New Year's Six bowl game and being discussed by ESPN, Kirk Herbstreet, Reese Davis, others as a college football playoff dark horse.
2: Yeah, I I never
1: thought we would have this conversation in real ever.
2: Well, ever. Yeah, ever. What is this, 84? You know, like this is the best BYU season in this conversation since 96. Because we thought, oh, well, yeah, BYU. Maybe 90.
1: Goes right. undefeated or only loses one game against that difficult of a schedule. Looking at the original 12, we're like, yeah, yeah. Hypothetically speaking, they would be in the college football playoff never conversation. But going to happen. Is it fair to expect BYU to lose one or go undefeated against that difficult of a no, schedule?
2: never, ever, no. ever. It won't no. happen. Just understand that.
1: We Wonder thought they what? were good enough to that's win nine nice. games against that schedule. We
2: we thought that a nine-win season would be legit. I, and I think we look ahead to 2021, frankly, and you look at the original schedule. Good gosh. What would BYU's record be right now? Okay, hey, right? knowing what we
1: know about the teams now, though, Jerem, what would BYU be against the schedule?
2: Utah. We have no uh, idea. I don't, I don't know. No Michigan State, that's a win at home. Yeah,
1: Michigan State's a win at home. We thought
2: it would be. Arizona State? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting At game. At Minnesota,
1: after what Michigan did, looks like a well, winnable game.
2: Well, Minnesota, Michigan looks good, but it, that'd be a tough one. Because it's State. the fourth Power 5 game. You're going to lose that game, probably. Utah State's a win. That's a win, for sure. Missouri. Missouri's an interesting game. Uh, iffy. Yep. BYU already beat Houston. BYU already beat Houston. Okay, so
1: 5-2.
2: At Northern Illinois. Win. And then this, uh, this would have been a bye week.
1: Okay. Week.
2: So BYU would have played 8. We think BYU
1: is going to beat Boise State. And right now, according to the metrics, football power index.
2: I think it's going to be a good Post-game. game. Post game? Yeah, I'm not sure I'm calling it a win. Okay. I, I'm going, hey. this Toss up. Is, toss up. It, San, San Diego State, toss up.
1: win. That's North a... Alabama, win. I don't know, man. Stanford, we don't know. <laughs> but I think that's a winnable we game, We don't too. know.
2: The Tanner McKee game, right? Okay, so I look at that the schedule, like, yeah, game.
1: BYU could have, knowing what we know about BYU and those teams right now, BYU could have won nine games.
2: Nine wasn't crazy. And that was with a bowl game. Um, eight in the regular season, perhaps.
1: Undefeated right now. Yeah. Boise eight. State It's pretty looming.
2: fun. Like, this is, listen, this is about as fun as it gets. I know the BYU could play a tougher competition, but if they do, they're going to lose, right? Um, BYU is doing exactly what it's needed to do in every way, shape, and form. The only exception to that is UTSA, but we we called for, I told you weeks before, there's going to be a close game you don't anticipate. Just wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. I, and, and I said, I don't think it's this week. That was completely wrong. But the idea was sound in that, you know what? BYU's going to play a close game. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, blue goggled into reality. That's the goal is to uh, over-deliver, right? And BYU certainly is. Okay, topic two. The passing game has been a revelation, especially when we re-remember that BYU lost its top four pass catchers when Matt Bushman went down with an Achilles injury in fall camp. Now, the junior Dax Mill and Gunnar Romney, they've combined for 1,095 yards, and Zach Wilson is a Heisman candidate. Notice I haven't put on the blue goggles in a minute. These are all just realities, right? We've discussed all of the realities. (laughs) This is happening. (laughs) It's happening. So who deserves more credit, Wilson or Dax slash Gunnar?
1: Jeremy, I'll take option C, Matt Bushman. Ooh, look at you. Matt Bushman really is. Put that
2: on your Scantron.
1: The guy that has allowed or opened up the door for Gunnar Romney and Dax Milne to become more of Zach Wilson's favorite targets. They needed to step up in his absence. Isaac Rex, hey, he had five catches, 66 yards, two for touchdowns mm-hmm. in BYU's last game against Texas State.
2: And that's Satake's show guest.
1: All of the staff, led by Kalani Satake, saying it's going to take a collective effort. For everybody to try and replace
2: I, I wish they didn't they're like
1: one guy, Matt
2: Bushman. I wish they were like, listen, it's all on Isaac Rex. no one else has to do anything. It was devastating
1: <laughs> don't let him fool you. It was devastating oh. to the staff. Oh yeah, when this happened to Matt Bushman,
2: they were expecting massive things yes, and luckily it's been also massively awesome.
1: massive things are happening because of my guy, Dax Milne, who has graduated away from the most underappreciated oh. BYU football offensive star. He's he now a bona fide did. star. He's on a- after
2: the... Houston it was over? Yes. Okay.
1: He's on the Blitnikoff Award watch list at the halfway
2: point. Not bad, baby. No, he's does, graduated. It does help that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 haven't played yet, so there's just less space. And BYU's taking advantage. That's to their credit. That
1: is to their credit.
2: Yeah, it's, it's hard to, what are we, American Express here? Don't out credit. Um, I, I, I think you can credit all of them. I think Zach Wilson's been notable in this. Obviously, you've got to have a good pass. Like, Cody Hoffman, to me, is one of the greatest receivers in BYU history because he did it with um, a passing game that wasn't the traditional strength of BYU with, with the quarterbacks that BYU rolled out at the time. They didn't roll out um, the best passers, right? But Riley Nelson completed plenty of passes, and, and Jay Keeps, and one, Taysom, Taysom Hill, Hill right? The, like, all three of those guys, I wouldn't say, were the strongest passers per se. They had other great attributes. What Zach Wilson is doing is incredible. Like, Dax Milne can run a perfect route, and Gunnar Romney can too, but if Zach doesn't get them the rock, it's not going to matter.
1: This is Max Hall and Austin Colley and Dennis Pitta.
2: Yes, and you need a good O-line. There are a lot of contributing factors, but what Zach Wilson is doing right now is really special, and if he bounces after this year, I will have enjoyed every second of this season, just in case, okay? And what Gunnar Romney uh, is doing, and now Dax Milne, Gunnar Romney is playing the part. He was supposed to be this guy eventually.
1: He had three straight 100-yard receiving games to open
2: the season. Dax Milne was not. The Dax Milne rate of improvement and stock from zero to hero Hercules thing is really, really interesting because he literally was a walk-on. He was going to get a scholarship at, like, Weber State or Southern Utah. If he wanted to go to Utah and walk-on, he could have as well. But he's had BYU, and now this dude's pacing for 1,000 yards on a 10-game season.
1: And I'm the flag bearer on that hill. Let's go, man. Yes, Dak. You look at the kid, his work ethic. his roommates with Zach Wilson.
2: I mean, oh, that's why. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Throw to the roommate. <laughs> See, here, here's the thing for Dak. Some bias. If Baylor was the quarterback, G- G- Gunner would be the leading receiver because <laughs> his brother is playing buddy ball. No, no, they're legitimately doing great things. Credit to uh, all who deserve. There's the a credit. lot of credit going around here.
1: It reminds me of the comedian Brian pay, Regan.
2: Pay the bill at the end of the
1: month. Yeah, Brian Regan, the comedian, does the bit of uh, after a team loses to uh, in the championship game. The championship winner is always like, "Oh, you got to give a lot of credit." Give to a lot, the lot of credit team. to them. You run over there. Hey, I just want you to know they just gave us a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah, sweet. <laughs> sweet. I feel better.
2: <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> Too much credit being handed out. Let's slow our roll here.
1: Okay, before we get to our question of the day, some. Fresh news, hot off the presses. Really, congrats to Sarah Hampson, Paisley Johnson, Harding, because she's married to Connor Harding mm-hmm. now, and Shaylee Gonzalez, all named to the All WCC Women's Basketball Preseason Team. Nice. Also, Jeff Judkins' Cougars are picked to finish second in the coaches' preseason poll, getting two first place votes.
2: Oh, someone Gonzaga finished Gonzaga.
1: first with seven votes.
2: Uh, PSA, it's not Gonzaga, it's gone. Zaga. Yep. Just let's just work on that together. Also, it's Boise, not Boise.
1: No, no, no Z. What else no is, Z. What
2: else? There are more. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, we have that list. We have a list. Literally,
1: stuff. have compiled like, a list of things. Like pronunciation pet peeves. That we yes. <laughs> a show for another day. That's, but but it's we'll good to it get during few, the summer. It's so, good to get a few if you notes. Don't out hear that right one. Now. You can tune in. All right, our question of the day, is promised: What is the biggest current reality about BYU football? That in the summer was merely a blue-goggled projection. Let's hear from you, BYUSN in Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Derek Paulson dares answer on the Twitter machine. And I quote, Zach Wilson as a likely Heisman finalist, even the most blue-goggled among us, have been surprised by the level of improvement he has shown.
2: Yeah, he's been incredible, and that's an understatement. Coming up, Mark Pope's an up-and-comer on a list. Is this good for Brigham?
1: And Jerem Jordan's one-on-one with Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic. Is an undefeated Brigham Young University football team with a win over Boise enough to secure a New Year's Six bowl game? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: Cosmo! BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Yo, join ESPNU Radio's virtual pep rally for BYU in Western Kentucky, hosted by Nicole Auerbach and Ben Hartsock, no relation to Noah or Jacob. Via Zoom on October 29th. That's Thursday, 7 Eastern. For more info and to register, visit SiriusXM.com slash pep rally. Big
1: Red and Cosmo. The two greatest mascots in all of college sports, head-to-head. According to that poll, In a pep rally. <laughs> yeah.
2: I wish they could duke it out, and I wish it was Gonzaga's bulldog. <laughs> That's what I really wish. Not a dance-off, a fight. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Cage match. That's what I want to see. We
1: are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan.
2: Yeah, okay, As we mentioned, this week ESPNU and SiriusXM will be holding a virtual pep rally featuring BYU in Western Kentucky. Nicole Auerbach is a senior college football writer for The Athletic and will host the pep rally. I spoke to her earlier this morning on the Desert First Credit Union hotline. All right, Nicole, uh, in a pandemic, we've had to figure out how to do different things. Pep rallies uh, are one of them. Tell us how you're going to have a virtual pep rally that involves BYU and Western Kentucky.
3: Well, very excited for this. Um, I think it's going to be the appropriate level of absurd for it being a pep rally (laughs) that we are all doing from home. We are going to do it over zoom, like pretty much everything these days. Um, The mascots will be involved. Athletic directors from both sides will be involved and fans too. And so, You know, I think it's just about trying to get some excitement for a game with these two fan bases now suddenly have a history together thanks to, you know, a a mascot poll in the pandemic. And I I bet that that would have actually manifested with fans going to a game, right? Like you would go to a place you're never going to play at otherwise. Um, And so you don't have that this year. And so I think anything that can kind of, you know, connect people and have a space to talk about it. Um, you know, does that, and and I think you know the game was scheduled before we we knew how good BYU is going to be this year, um, and I think that adds something to it. Although I'm sure the Western Kentucky fans would rather uh, go back to a mascot competition, perhaps than uh, maybe football right now. But I think it's going to be really fun, and um, you know, we'll see if that type of event actually like works and and is fun and enjoyable. You know, maybe that is something that that can be added towards some of the bigger games this year because. You know, without tailgating, without pep rallies, without those things, it does feel like something is missing.
2: Yeah, that, that sense of community is really important. It's coming up Thursday night, October 29th, 7 Eastern. You can find out more information on SiriusXM.com slash pep rally. And like you said, this game does not happen without the SiriusXM poll. So thank you for that, which is great. Um, what did you think of that poll during the summer when it came down to these two masks, uh, Cosmo and Big Red, two of the best in the country?
3: Yeah, they, first of all, they are two of the best mascots in the entire country. But I was shocked because I thought, you know, one of the big blue blood programs that has a zillion alumni would take over this poll, right? I mean, this was a really good indication and reminder about how, like, dedicated and diehard these types of fan bases are. Because if I'm remembering correctly, these were, like, play in mascots, like, yeah. these were, like, 16 seed mascots. So, This was like a sustained commitment from these fan bases over a period of days to get them to this point. Obviously, the very controversial, um, you know, finish and, and whether or not votes were bought. Honestly, this like entertained. This got me through like an entire week of early quarantine when there was nothing to do. I was just like glued to this glued to this mascot debate. It was actually quite, quite hilarious.
2: Yes, BOT, B-O-T, I think is the appropriate spelling on that. Uh, so BYU and Western <laughs> Kentucky are going to match up. And again, this game doesn't happen, I think, without that contest because then the two ADs are publicly talking about getting a game. And then here we are on Halloween, BYU and Western Kentucky. Certainly, both teams are not what we thought they'd be at this point. Western Kentucky, a 9-4 and four team, have struggled, 2-4, and four, uh, survived against Chattanooga after a Crazy finish where they run back a, a kick return for a touchdown, but the upback calls a fair catch. They bring it back. BYU six and zero and ranked eleventh. So, what do you think of the matchup Saturday?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it'll necessarily be all that close. Um, you know, I, I think personally, I think BYU is head and shoulders above um, Western Kentucky. It does seem like one of those years for them where um, you know things aren't going right, and, and they got to work through some stuff. Um, you know that that place. It's interesting because you've seen a number of head coaches kind of use it as a springboard and you have seen other head coaches struggle at times. It's it it, it can be really great but you can also go through these growing pains. Um, but on the other hand, it's like BYU has just been one of the biggest stories in the country this year. And I think, you know, the way that they have been in our TVs on our, you know, just kind of like in our collective like awareness is because they've been playing a lot, right? They've had Friday night games. They've had these time slots where they were the only show in town. And I think people really bought into Zach Wilson in this offense. I mean, you're carrying him as a Heisman contender. Um, and these are things that don't normally happen. It actually feels like one of those years where there is more respect for the group of five than ever. And I, I sort of wonder if it's because they started to play first, maybe that contributed to it. But if you look at the top 25 polls, you look at the way people are talking about both BYU and Cincinnati, I think you feel that. And so I think, you know, obviously we would have loved to see BYU, this team, play against its original schedule. But Tom Holmo did an incredible job building a schedule out of nowhere, basically had one and a half games from the original schedule left there. And in providing, you know, competition to the point where, again, we're 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 really excited about this team. And we also know they've got B- Boise State and, and San Diego State and some teams that got added late. That really can provide an opportunity to, you know, talk about a New Year's Six Bowl if you go undefeated or at least measure out. Like, and we can see where this BYU team is, even though their schedule didn't have and couldn't have any power five opponents this year.
2: Yeah, it's the thing I've been talking about for a couple of years, which has been interesting. I've been saying, I don't know why BYU is playing this tough schedule. I don't know what the point is. If you don't win 10 plus, you're just not relevant. And here BYU sits, obviously an easier schedule, 6-0. and And you wrote an article during the summer about, yeah, like you said, you said one and a half games, right? It was Houston and North Alabama. Houston moves to a road game. BYU survives that and thrives in that, uh, coming back down late. North Alabama, the FCS team. Tom Hommel had to make up the schedule. You talked to him and wrote an article. And here BYU is thriving in that schedule. What do you think of the job Tom Hommel did to just get a schedule together, which is now up to 10 games?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's remarkable because if that were me, you know, he was talking about like sleepless nights and, you know, feeling better about things one day and, and worse about everything the next. Like it would have been so close to to not play, you know, to just fold it in. I mean, they were essentially the only team out West uh, that, that was trying to play, you know, and until the Pac-12 decided to come back and the Mountain West decided to come back. Uh, it looked like they were going to be going at it alone. And it, it, it is remarkable that A, they found people to play. They made it work. They even had the luxury of, you know, a couple of buy games that they could offer. So they were able to bring people to Provo. Um, there were a lot of different pieces that uh, he walked me through, along with Dave Brown, who's the, the scheduling guru, who helped him here. And it, it is remarkable. And, and even in that conversation, which we talked would have had to been the end of August, early September, right before the Navy game. He was saying that he was hopeful but didn't want to jinx it that he could add more games and we've seen that we've seen games get added since um, so again it's the best case scenario because when you have power leagues going conference only which all of them did except you know you got the one exception in the B, the big 12 one in the ACC but there's restrictions on where the games can be played. Um, it, it's totally limiting. But it is interesting because I think in normal years you want the quality of the opponent. You do want those those power five opponents the name brands. Um, You want to be considered a program like that. But we are seeing this year the benefit of not playing a totally brutal schedule because like you said I mean they're undefeated. We're talking about them. You have a Heisman contender and quarterback. I don't know if that happens if right now if you've lost two games.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've been calling for about three power fives plus Boise State and throw in Cincinnati and or USF where there's still some good games. So we'll see what BYU does moving forward. But next year they have seven power fives. And we'll see if Zach Wilson comes back for his senior year, which uh, brings us to the Wilson topic. You mentioned he's in a Heisman candidacy right now. What have you thought of his junior season and the potential for him to to be a Heisman candidate at the end and or high draft pick?
3: I think he's been insanely fun to watch um, and, and and just really enjoyable. I think um, it, it's hard for, for someone in his shoes to actually win the Heisman, as, as we all know. I mean, we've seen so many times where it's the quarterback of, you know, a team that's playing in the national championship game or whatever it might be. And I think that, um, you know, for him, though, I, I think there's absolutely a chance that he can become a finalist um, and earn a trip to New York assuming that they do trips to New York this year um, based on you know his numbers alone and being in the national spotlight that is the key when you are a group of five player um, or just outside of the power five because he's not technically either um, but outside of the spotlight of the Alabamas and Clemson this is just a tough year because you know it's, it's Trevor Lawrence it's Justin Fields Mac Jones is kind of um, you know kind of getting in that mix too. Um, but, but to me, there's no reason that he can't be a finalist. Um, and, and, and you've got to think that his draft stock is improving as well, because again, he's become must-see TV. Um, his set is interesting and, you know, this is just, the NFL is changing, um, and, and they go for guys that, that look like him and play like him. Um, so I think it's going to be really fun to, to follow along and, and I do hope that, he's able to get a trip to New York, because I always love when you get someone who's like a defensive player or, you know, a running back or receiver, someone not just not a quarterback from Alabama or Clemson. Just anyone who's outside of that mold um, from non-traditional places that we haven't seen in a while. Obviously, BYU has this history, um, you know, of, of the passing attack and so many influential moments in college football history. I think it's cool to have a BYU quarterback back in these types of conversations.
2: Indeed, it is a restoration of the brand, if you will, and the philosophy. We're talking with Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic and SiriusXM, ESPNU, Pep Rally coming up on Thursday night. Let's talk about uh, BYU's schedule. So if they go 10-0 and have a win against Boise State, which you think would be the best win on the schedule, is that enough to be a New Year's Six at large?
3: It would depend on everyone else um, and I know that's not a fun answer but a, but the problem with the with projecting these things out is that you know it, nothing happens in a vacuum. So you need to be they, they can't qualify for the group of five champion spot because that is specifically a champion a conference champion. Um, so it's a little bit similar to the way we think about Notre Dame making the four team college football playoff is you know, you have to be unequivocally better than others. So they, they, they're they going to need one of the at-large spots for New Year's Six Bowl, which I think is possible. I absolutely think that that is possible. Um, and I think that there would be people pushing for that. And, and part of that is, like you mentioned, I mean, a win over Boise State, the amount of respect that that would demand. Um, I think it's possible. But it will depend on how the group of five races shake out, um, where where those teams are slotted, and, and you go from there. But um, again, you're going to have a luxury of maybe get more games played than some other leagues and some other potential candidate at large teams. Um, plus, again, th- this year is just going to be so subjective with, with le- fewer data points um, that the eye test matters. And the fact that like, we like watching BYU, we have a lot of respect for this offense. We've seen them a lot. These are things that could end up mattering with a human selection committee.
2: Do you feel like BYU, with the risk-reward of potentially blowing up that opportunity or helping themselves, that it'd be worth it to add a Marshall who has November 28th open, for example?
3: It's an interesting question. I mean, Marshall's a really good team, um, and it, it, it could be. I, I think it, it's hard to tell, right? Because we don't know how many games everyone else is going to get through. And you also don't really know what's going to happen, let's say, with Cincinnati. Like, are they really going? My colleague Chris Anini wrote – this week that they should be like college football playoff consideration. Whoa. If they go up into that mix, what does that mean for the new York six spots? Right. So, so it's definitely there's, there's still moving pieces and, and ways to figure that out. So it's a little, little too early to predict anything like that, but I do love the idea of a game against Marshall. I think that's also a really fun team this year. It
2: could be fun, potentially a ranked matchup late in the season, a bracket buster, if you will. Let's finish with this. Nicole, uh, how do people sign up to participate in the pep rally Thursday
3: yeah so um, it's through Sirius XM we are sponsoring it and you know figuring out the tickets so if you go to the SiriusXM college Twitter account they will have links and everything you need to know to join us um, but we want fans from from both sides um, but especially diehard BYU fans to uh, to join in we're going to have Cosmo there we're going to have the athletic director Tom Homo um, and it should be a good time
2: It's Thursday night, 7 Eastern. Nicole, great stuff. We appreciate the time.
3: Absolutely. Anytime.
1: The consummate professional, Nicole Auerbach, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Did some crack research after the interview. It turns out uh, she has the same spelling of a last name as the great Red Auerbach. Yeah. They are not related, though.
2: They're not related to the Boston Celtics uh, coach. So, Nicole actually tweeted three minutes ago. Uh, in relation to Chris Vinini who she mentioned at The Athletic, mm-hmm. who's been on the show before as well. Marshall's 5-0, and only has three games left. Um, dah, dah, dah. Said, as my friends at Provo know, I fully support adding a BYU-Marshall game to the sketch. November 28th, question mark? We've talked about it. The risk-reward of that possibility. Should BYU add a game or not? And uh, we felt like, mm, no, 10-0 and is probably good enough. but. Not that the Big Ten's back, I'm I'm uh, backtracking on that a little bit. I'm kind of like, oh, maybe they do. I don't know.
1: Stay relevant. you got to be in the conversation, and, and that would leave no doubt. That right. would leave no doubt. It
2: would also take BYU out of it. That's the other end of it. So, the risk-reward. Coming up, Neil Powell on the passing in this season and his amazing touchdown catch against UTFA.
1: And should BYU fans be worried about Jimmer Fredette, his limited minutes, and lower numbers? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tonight on BYU Football with talking Sataki, the coaches
2: recap the Texas State win. Preview a Halloween tilt with Western Kentucky. Isaiah Kapusi is in the film room. and Freshman tight end Isaac Rex is the player guest. It's Tuesday. That's tonight, 830 Eastern on the BYU TV app.
1: He is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Rip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems
2: Isaiah Cafusi is this week's College Sports Madness Independent Defensive Player of the Week. There's like three things going on there. Mm -hmm. See the BYU defensive MVP at this point in the season.
1: Yes. El Capitan leads BYU in total tackles with 37. He's got the only defensive touchdown now on a pick six against Texas State. He's second in sacks with three. Leads the Cougars in forced fumbles with two. He's the most well-rounded disruptor on the BYU defense.
2: Yeah, the play puts him over because prior to that, we weren't saying he was. But when... You have a play like that, nice now you stick out. And BYU's been solid. BYU's been really good all over the place. There hasn't been a guy that stood out. That's not necessarily an issue. Typically, I want a star. And BYU, I don't know that BYU has, like, a, a star. They have several stars.
1: Rip hey. item number two calls for our stat of the day.
0: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day.
1: BYU is second in all of FBS in touchdown scored, 36 36- by teams who have played at least six games. Clemson, not surprisingly number one at thirty eight. Jerem will BYU score more than sixty touchdowns in the twenty twenty season.
2: So that'd be six a game, right? Uh over the next four, and I guess you could say five with a bowl game. I'll go no. I think Boise State and San Diego State, there are fewer touchdowns to be had, plus probably a quality opponent in the bowl game of some kind. With Alabama and Western Kentucky, certainly an opportunity to score a bunch, but I'm going to go no.
1: I'm all in on the BYU offense after what I saw them do against a pretty good defense in Houston. Four to five touchdowns per game over the last four, and then throw in a possible 11th game if it's added late to the schedule. Oh, if and that's bowl the case, game? yes. BYU plays, even if they play 11, I think they're going 60 plus. If BYU plays 12, 100%, they go 60
2: plus. Nice. Okay, through five games with the Shanghai Sharks. Baccio Gawo, mm-hmm. Jimmer Fredette is averaging 17.8 points per game. Do you expect more from
1: Jimmer? I expect the Sharks to figure out a way to get more from Jimmer by passing him the ball more. Give him time to adjust to the new stipulations of limited minutes. He'll maximize his four-time. Of course, Jimmer will have his moments when he goes bonkers and doesn't miss. Yes, there there will be more from Jimmer for
2: that. Yeah, I need, like, high 20s at a minimum. Uh, but they do have international stipulations with how many. One foreign player on the court at the time. He can max, you know, six quarters total or something.
1: They've, they've changed the rules.
2: Yeah, or it, it's been a couple years maybe, but, yeah. And coming up, the top five trick plays in BYU football history on this Halloween week.
1: And my one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All Access with wide receiver Neil Pau. What's his ideal Halloween costume if he got to play in a Halloween costume during the game on Saturday? Amazing content like that on the way. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Saturday night, watch the Cougars warm up and prepare for BYU in Western Kentucky on BYU TV. Halloween night, baby, 9 Eastern with Countdown to Kickoff.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B, a Halloween game for the first time in 28 years. I spoke about that, among many other things, with one of the emerging wide receivers for BYU, Neil Pau, one-on-one on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Neil, how do you feel about playing a Halloween night football game under the lights at Lavelle Edwards Stadium?
4: Um, it's new. It's different. Uh, kind of sad that we won't get to trick-or-treat or whatever, but, I mean, we got to do what we got to do. It'll be exciting just to play under the lights again with the fans again, but it is what it is.
1: Hey, let's stay with the Halloween theme. You mentioned trick-or-treating and candy. What's your go-to candy on Halloween?
4: I'm a to kick cash sneakers, Snickers, guys. No, all the way through. So, if I get those, I'll be happy.
1: Somebody needs to get Neil a king size Snickers or Kit Kat after the game. We'll uh, we'll see sweet. we'll see what we can do about that. Of course, it will awesome. be with uh, within the parameters of compliance. No. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Neil, if you could play in a costume, what would you dress up mm-hmm. as?
4: That's that's a good question. Um, probably just be the typical Superman or. I don't know. I would probably just come out in my PJs and have no costume at all, and throw on some teeth and we be good. I'd just come out super comfy instead, instead of a costume.
1: A relaxed, warm. I like that, man. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> your team six and zero for the first time since two thousand eight. Speaking of the BYU program specifically, I'm interested to learn about, uh, from your perspective, how do you feel like this team has evolved or improved the most from week one against Navy? Now to late October, approaching Western Kentucky.
4: I think it's just our mental side. Um, we've been battle tested. I guess you could say twice, uh, but both of those times we could have. In years past, we would have lost. Uh, but it was cool just to see the mental side of it and how we all just stuck together through it all. Um, and we came out with two victories that we that we probably shouldn't have won, but we knew that we had the talent to do, and we ended up doing exactly what we knew what we could do.
1: What was the mental aspect in those games, the difference maker compared to the previous years that you referenced when you typically have lost those games?
4: I think it was body language. We would shut down when we would go down a score or down 10. Um, But the body language and how everyone was kind of just motivating each other on the sideline is what propelled us to those victories that uh, we were tight in. Uh, both were two different games. We were up one the whole time. And the second one we had to play from behind, but uh, throughout it all, we just continued just to keep pressing. Um, and we pressed and came out with W's
1: BYU wide receiver, Neil Pau with us on BYU sports nation. It doesn't take a genius in the football uh, dynamic to figure out that this wide receiver core is doing something very special this season. Yeah. What makes this receiver core different and unique and better than other receiver cores that you've been a part of?
4: Um, I think nationally, I think we should just get more credit for what we're doing here at, at BYU with Fessy. Fessy's putting us in a great position and challenging us every week. Um, I think also Zach has uh, developed and matured as a QB where he's throwing those 50-50 balls where before he never did. Um, he kind of just waited to certain things opened up and then he would throw it or he'd scramble. But I think by him trusting us with the connection that we've been able to build throughout years, Um, he's been able to put those balls up. We've been able to come down, so he's more willing to throw them. He's been able to scramble and look downfield instead of automatically run. So it's just been a year-after-year thing, Uh, maturity levels from all of us, just to continue to grow and stuff.
1: What is it like as a receiver on the receiving end of a Zach Wilson pass during a game? Walk us through that mentality.
4: Um, I mean, everyone sees Zach Wilson as um, something. We just see Zach as Zach. Uh, Zach's some dude that we all tease and mess around with in the locker room. So he's not anyone bigger than he probably thinks he is or people give him up to me, but Zach's a great dude. Um, We just see a ball thrown to us. We're just trying to catch it, come down with it, continue to move the sticks and put us in winning position, Um, continue to win and continue to fulfill the dreams that we have this season.
1: I know it's been a few weeks since uh, you got the tiptoe down in the back of the end zone, but I want to revisit that play because it's so incredible. What what happened and how were you able to get the toe down on the grass? Did you feel your toe hit the grass? Did you know?
4: No, I thought it was one of those things where I got I caught it and I got pushed out. Um, I, I kind of felt that my feet were in position, that if they did touch, that I was in position, but I thought it was one of those things that ended up getting reviewed and scored, so I was happy for it.
1: Yeah, understandably, uh, anytime you get in the end zone, it's a good time. Um, yeah. While we're uh, talking about the dreams that you just brought up for BYU football, uh, I know that you're focused on the next rep, the next practice, the next game, next opponent, but clearly there's a bigger picture here. So what are you doing to balance the big picture goals with staying in the moment?
4: Um, I think that's what you got to do to say that we're not, to say that I'm not looking ahead and maybe other guys not looking ahead towards Boise and then, and you are tougher games and, where we could be at the end of the season, I think it's awesome. Um, it's the right answer, but um, I think there comes a balance. Um, I think enjoying the process each and every day um, will allow us to get to those bigger dreams and bigger goals because you can't skip steps. And I think as we continue to do exactly what we're doing by not looking forward too much and then taking care of responsibility each and every day, each and every week, will get us to that those bigger dreams. So hopefully we're in position to do that by the end of the year.
1: Uh, Neil, you call it how you see it. Uh, after yeah. BYU uh, showed a little, a few struggles throughout the season, you said, look, we've got some things to fix or we're, we're going to very quickly drop out of the rankings. So how do you feel about the number 11 ranking in the AP poll and the number 10 ranking in the coaches poll? How, how do you approach those?
4: Um, I mean, those are what it is. Um, I guess the position that we're in now, we're just going to have to wait uh, for those other teams to lose. Uh, we're going to continue to take care of business with the schedule that we're given. Um, and then again, by the end of the year, if they deem us, whatever they deem us, uh, that will be, we'll be prepared to whoever we play by the end of the year.
1: Okay. Final question for you, Neil. Uh, what was your favorite moment from Saturday night's win against Texas state? Uh, was it the thigh catch from Isaac Rex? Was it the pick six from Isaiah, the Zach Wilson throw to Dax Millen, or something else?
4: Um, I have to give it to, uh, to EC Capisi, the haircut guy, the interception, the his interception. Exactly. The interception. I think it was just huge. Not only for him, uh, what he's been through, how long he's been here just to be able to play on the field. It was amazing just to see, uh, a clip of it right before this interview, just how excited everyone was on the, on the defense, on the offense as a team, just cause we know, uh, EC he's awesome. Uh, it was able, it was awesome just to see that.
1: Oh, outstanding! Did you call him the haircut guy? By the way,
4: yeah, he cuts everyone's hair. Uh, yeah, whenever anyone needs a cut, you just let Easy Caprice know. So
1: <laughs> he's your pandemic hairstylist. Yeah, exactly, e. <laughs> Neil. Congratulations on another win, man! Oh, always you. appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Oh, thank you. Neil Powell on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how.
2: Neil's doing a nice job. Coming up, the top five trick plays in BYU football history.
1: Number one is pretty clear, I think. But what's number two on the list? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the
1: BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And
2: there's a podcast.
1: Time for Top 5 Tuesday, brought to you by Tim Daly Auto Group. In honor of BYU playing on Halloween night this week, we're treating you to the Top 5 trick plays
2: in BYU history. Number 5, 1984 versus Pitt. Our guy, Blaine Fowler, gets the first... Play of the season. Bosco to Fowler. He's going to run it. Heck no, he's thrown it deep, baby. Glenn Kozlowski for 38 yards to start the season off. Undefeated season, national champion.
1: At number four, rewind to 2008. Max Hall put the entire Utah defense to sleep by literally yelling, Hey, bro, did you throw a burrito at me? That's real. Harvey Unga takes the direct snap amidst the Utah confusion for six. Quoting think- movie lines from Anchorman, worthy of a spot in this list.
2: Number three, Armed Forces Bowl 2011. Red alert, Riley Nelson looks to stop the clock with 16 seconds left. Sink! Fakes the spike, looks to Ross Hopper to his left, turns to his right. Cody Hoffman, bang, a win, a 10-win season.
1: Number two, from two years ago in Madison, Wisconsin, Tanner Mangum to 11 Hefo. Who connects with a wide-open Moroni Laulupututau. BYU upsets number six, Wisconsin 24-21 at Camp Randall. BYU's first win against a top ten opponent since 2009.
2: And the number one trick play in BYU history, 1983. Steve Young hands off to Eddie Stannett, who then throws it back to Steve Young, but it's almost intercepted! But it's not. He runs into the end zone and then spontaneously celebrates like I did at youth dances in a state center when I was 14. And BYU wins and completes the 11-1 season, finished number seven in the AP. Play. Catches
1: it on the back end of the football. Incredible. <laughs> Question of the day. What's the biggest reality now about BYU football that in the summer was clearly a blue-goggle projection? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance <laughs> Mountain Resort. Okay. This is amazing. From Johnny Linehan in on Twitter, who says... A punter has the longest rush of the season.
2: That's weird. (laughs) I hate that that's the case.
1: Are we doing a Stranger Things episode on... uh... Friday. We need no. to do something like that. It's pre-Halloween.
2: We're producing on the air? Yes. That's what I normally do. We need to do that. Today's Rising Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Uh, we're thinking about the Deseret News sports staff who was laid off. Mm. Uh, several guys we know personally. Um, Brandon Gurney, who's covered BYU for a long time. Uh, Jody Gannissey, a good dude. Dirk Facer and Mike Sorensen. It can be a hard business in a pandemic, and uh, we're thinking about those guys. Yeah, we don't
1: take it for granted to have job security. Ab- absolutely. For sure. We love you guys, and uh, as Jeremy said, we're thinking about you. Our thanks to today's guests, Nicole Auerbach and Neil Pau.
2: Sorry to Dennis Pitta. No time. Uh, Conversation continues on the internet. Use the hashtag BYU. For
1: Jeremiah, Spencer. Shout out to Jake Zielkowski. See you tonight on the BYU TV app for after further review at 7 Eastern and BYU football with Kalani Satake at 8 Eastern. Go Cougs.